Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm here in Bentonville, Arkansas, where we broadcast our podcasts. Uh, we've just been enjoying uh, sharing this five-part series with you, and this today is going to be uh, part five of the top five things men struggle with. Uh, if you've been following our series, uh, part one was anger, uh, part two was lust, part three was fear, Part four was stewardship. And then today, uh, we, we could have easily talked about a lot of different things. And uh, it could have been uh, marriage, relationships, could have been pride. Um, but uh, we decided to, to pick something a little different that we think that really sums up. Uh, it, it's a struggle, but also can be a blessing. But uh, the fifth thing that we think that men struggle with is keeping their soul healthy. I'm uh, proud to have Rocky Fleming, our founder, here with us. Good morning, Rocky. Hey there, Brian. Hello, everybody out there. And uh, and this was Rocky's actually suggestion that we we focus on the soul and and on soul health and keeping your soul healthy, and that that most people out there, when things are out of kilter, uh, if if they look real deep, they'd find that something's going on with their soul. Right, Rocky? Yes. So uh, we're going to start out with a verse uh, that we wanted to read today, and this is. Just to kick this thing off, and this is 3 John uh, chapter 1, verse 2. Uh, this is in the ESV. It says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. And you've heard the, we've heard the, the, the saying, it is well with my soul. And if for all of you out there who don't know Rocky and haven't been in one of our meetings, Rocky's all the time asking us, how is your soul? So, Rocky, let's uh, start unpacking this idea of soul health and maybe why it's a struggle, and then maybe give them some hope of how they can help nurture and protect their own souls. I'll do that. Uh, Brian, one of the things that I think is important for us to understand is when we answer that question uh, about the health of our soul, uh, what, is, what is our perspective about making it healthy? Our, it uh, actually being revealed that it is healthy. Because you see, this is a little bit of a, a, a problem that I'm seeing out there with many of the people that I've asked them how it is with their soul. And many of the people have answered, uh, it depends on basically the conditions of their world. Hmm. Uh, in other words, their souls are circumstantially healthy based on whether or not things are good in their marriage or good in their work or good in their health and good in all the other things. But if those things are challenged, then they tend towards saying, well, my soul's not doing quite well right now. And I've heard enough of that to understand that I think maybe there's a disconnect with uh, not only what makes our soul healthy, but also how a soul that's healthy will influence our life outside of our interior life. 
Now, as an example, we've just read that scripture, which I thought was neat scripture. And I want to repeat it. It says, Beloved, I pray that all may be, go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Now, <clears throat> good health is uh, something that we all want. Good health is something that uh, we tend toward thinking it's all about the external issues, about uh, keeping ourselves away from disease or keeping ourselves properly nurtured physically. But we tend to not understand that nurturing ourselves in our spiritual life will work its way out to the, to the outside of our, our life. Uh, not only in our relationships with other people, but uh, actually I believe it does work its way out in our health. I don't know if you've ever known anybody who is embittered, who has had a, a long period of unforgiveness or anger in their life. Uh, but I've seen many people like that, that when they tend toward getting older, their health starts to deteriorate. And honestly, I believe that there's some correlation to it. I think that the things that, that God did for us to help us understand things like forgiveness, as an example, is to help prevent a spiritual cancer that will come into our life. And those are the kind of things that influence the soul, which in turn, a soul that's not healthy will influence the way we look at life, hmm. the way we deal with people, the way we deal with relationships. So therefore, now we have to understand that circumstances should not be dictating the health of our soul, but our soul should be dictating the way we deal with circumstances. Well, let's let's uh, before we go too much further, I think I think people may be out there wondering what is the soul. They might be a little confused about, you know, because Scripture talks a lot about the soul, and we've talked about when there's a plane crash or something, they'll say so many souls perished or something yeah. like that. You know, So yeah. let's talk a little bit about what is a soul versus the body versus the spirit maybe a little bit. Well, there's a spirit and there's a soul and there's a body. Mm -hmm. There are three aspects of our life. Uh, the spirit is we are spirit beings. Uh, we think we're human beings, but we're actually spirit beings in human bodies. But what is distinct about your spirit and my spirit is our soul because our soul is the way you think, the way I think, the way you grit out life and deal with things, the way I grit out life and deal with things. Uh, your personality and my personality. We are distinct souls. We're spirit beings. We're distinct souls. And that's why we will recognize each other in heaven. Uh, our bodies, I don't know what they're going to be like. I'm sure hoping I'm not going to be 73 when I go there. <laughs> and you never knew me before then. <laughs> I don't know what those bodies are going to look like, but, but they tell us we will be able to recognize each other. Mm. And we're going to recognize, I think, the most important aspects and that uniqueness about us, and that's our, our souls. Mm. So, yeah, souls are eternal, spiritual, or spirit is eternal, bodies are suitcases that last about 80 years <laughs> so the, the soul is kind of like the core of who we are mm -hmm. as a you know everything that we think about our personality 
that, like you said, what people know about us. They don't really know our, I mean, they know what we look like in our flesh, which is not going to last, but what they really know is our soul. And But they don't really know that because it's oftentimes hidden. True. It is hidden. True. Actually, it is hidden. Yeah, things they don't know about us. That's right. Um, but uh, but there are there there's evidence of a soul being healthy. And this is called the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. Because our soul is healthy when the Holy Spirit's characteristics are so intertwined with our spirit and our soul that what comes out of our our life, our, our words, our, our deeds, our perspective, our countenance, the people, the things that people see in us, they start seeing characteristics that look and sound a lot like Jesus. And when that happens, we're healthy. We're so healthy. But when we're not having that, when we're seeing enmity, strife, and jealousy, and rage, the, the deeds of the flesh that are evident, as it speaks about in Galatians 5, then we're looking at an unhealthy soul. We're, we're looking at a struggling soul. Now that's to be expected with non-Christians. I mean, they're just dealing with life the best they can. But for a Christian, for one who is called by the name of Christian, the name of Christ, who has been adopted into God's family and is a member of the royal priesthood, uh, when we began to see that those deeds of the flesh evident in our life, then we have to understand that either two things are going on, and that is this is not really a Christian because they're living out their, their life in such a way there's no evidence of it, or it could be a Christian who's really struggling with having an unhealthy soul. And there are a lot of us that do that, Brian. There are a lot of Christian men out there who are truly God's kids, but they are struggling like crazy. And that's why I have a heart for helping them understand that if they can win the battle in getting their soul healthy and keeping it healthy, then Eventually, it will work out into their relationships, into their life, and even the way they embrace themselves. And we're not, and we're not even necessarily. It doesn't have to be sin. Like they don't have to be in a sin state or or, or committing some sort of sin to have their soul unhealthy, right? No, it could be stagnation, because you know you have many people that never get out of babyhood as Christians. You know, they start that journey with Christ and ask him into their life, but they never grow. They stay infantile. That's one thing to have a simple childlike faith. That's good. But, it's be, it, but to be infantile in the way we deal with issues and deal with people and deal with life, uh, that's not good. It's not a good place to be for a Christian. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we might not necessarily be... Uh, living in sin, but we are struggling with life. And I think that the Lord would have us have victory over that. He wants us to grow. I think he would have us be full of joy and uh, full of mercy and courage um, to grow up in him, to be fully developed in him. Uh, and I don't think staying put as an infantile Christian is the way to do that. Mm. It's unhealthy. 
Well, and then you also were talking uh, earlier, and let's elaborate the, on a little bit about the fact that people's circumstances end up messing with their soul health. Yeah. You know, and, and you were saying that that's really not the way it should be. But but what do you see in that? I mean, how is that? You, you were giving me a quote earlier about about the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. Yeah. Share that with everybody. Well, of course, you know, a, a thermometer reads the temperature, right? Tells us if it, what the temperature is, 70 degrees, 80 degrees. If it's hot or cold, it just reads it. But a thermostat sets the temperature. So you go in the house and you set the temperature at 70, and then it's going to allow the, the air conditioner or the heater to develop the environment to create 70 degrees. So the soul is not to be a temperature gauge. The soul's health is, shouldn't be based on the circumstances that comes in and, and dictates the way that soul is going to be. The soul should be a, thermo, a thermostat in our, in our life that, in, that actually influences the, uh, the temperature of our life. Hmm. The soul sets the temperature for uh, our uh, relationships. Uh, our perspective on life, uh, dealing with many challenges in life, whether they're health challenges, uh, things that are going to require us to stand firm and trust in God or to be fearful and allow uh, a great amount of anxiety to enter our life. Those are, those are indications of what kind of thermostat you got going on within you. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is that we want to develop our souls, the health of our souls, so they actually become a thermostat. So the way we look at people and the way we look at opportunities and challenges and all that, we have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's what I mean. Well, let's talk a little bit about how do you do that practically? How, do you, how does a man or woman uh, nurture well, I guess the word you always use is nurture and protect your soul. Yeah. That's kind of the two adjectives that you, or the verbs that you would say that we need to do. Right. Well, okay, let's, let's, let's back it down and let's talk about having a child. And when we have that little baby that comes into our, our family, that baby is going to be really vulnerable. They're totally dependent on us, aren't they? Mm -hmm. They're going to be dependent on everything. I mean, food, uh, clothing, warmth, uh, you name it. So we're going to have to protect that child, first of all. That's the first thing that's on our mind. How can we protect them? Protect them from the cold, protect them from the enemies, protect them from disease. We're going to wrap them up. We're going to bundle them up. We're not going to expose them to a lot of cold weather and, and people in the in shopping that's got colds and flus and all that, we're going to protect them from that. So that's similar with our soul. We have to protect it as well. And then on the other hand, when we have a child, we need to nurture that child. Now, what, what do we do? Well, we help that child grow up by feeding them, by loving them, by meeting their emotional needs, by meeting their developmental needs by meeting their physical needs. And if we, are, if we will be careful to nurture them correctly, those babies will grow up 
into children and into adults, and they will in turn now be able to mature and to be able to deal with a lot of the things in their life that require them to self-manage. Mm. Now, let's look at it as it relates to our soul. Uh, how do we protect our soul? Um, you know, there's, there are examples of that. I think that we were talking about a passage in Job mm -hmm. that, uh, that said something about uh, you know, uh, being being very careful about my eyes. What does it say? Yeah, this is uh, Job thirty-one one, and I've I've, I've heard this uh, uh, talked about in kind of like uh, instead of nine one one dialing three one one when you're in that that moment of uh, it says I've, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. So there, we could have used that verse in our lust yeah. uh, top that day we talked about that. But but it, there's more than just lusting after girls. It's just it's that guarding or making a covenant, making a decision of the will, or right or. Or uh, let's put it this way, to protect our souls. Yeah, and this yeah. is an example right there. Uh, if you have a a tendency like most of us that we can be drawn into lust, we know that lust will in turn hurt our souls. Right? Mm -hmm. So I've got to have some kind of covenant to protect my soul. And in this particular case, he's saying I've made a covenant with my eyes, mm -hmm. which means not to look. Now, that's not just a glance. You know, in this day and time, you can't walk around and not see somebody. But it's not to allow it to go further. And mm -hmm. I think most of us understand that. But, you know, lust uh, of the flesh is part of it, but lust of the eye, uh, which is materialism. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there are several things that we have to be on guard and protect our souls. Mm -hmm. We have to establish um, our beachhead. Where, no, we're going, we're, this is a line, and we will not cross this line. We've talked about that before, you know, when we're talking about the, the uh, event horizon. The horizon. That's right. Yeah, that, this is a battlefield. And so it's when we take those thoughts captive in obedience to Christ, as it talks about in 2 Corinthians 10, is that we are establishing that I will protect my soul here. Mm -hmm. And this is our defense. Mm -hmm. So think of it in terms of defense and offense. So to protect our soul is to defend it, not allow stuff to come into it that will hurt it. But then, how are we going to make ourselves strong? How are we going to not just be on the defensive all the time? Because I think maybe Christians are too much involved with defensive warfare rather than offensive warfare. Mm -hmm. And we tend toward thinking, well, you know, I've got to hunker down, just wait, wait this thing out till the next one comes. But no, I think, that, I think we have to get to the point where we're, we're storming the gates of hell. So you're, you're, just to back up for a minute, you're talking about defenses. You're talking about some people who say, oh, don't drink, don't smoke, don't, no dancing, you know, like, like going to the point of just prohibiting everything so that we would not be tempted, might be a little overboard. Or Well, you know, legalism is never good for the soul, yeah. and you're describing legalism there. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that there are certain people that really don't need to be drinking because right, they're right. addicted, and there's some people smoking. I don't know anything good about that, but... You know, some people do, and 
I think that there's always some some terms or some things that you have to you have to consider from the standpoint of of uh, what might what might be sin to you and not sin to me because God has given us freedoms, but some things we're not free in, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's that has to do with protecting our soul, not trying to win God's favor. And, and maybe it, maybe it's you know t Scripture talks about examining ourselves. You know maybe just we we need to be in touch with knowing which things we got to be careful on. Yeah. And which things to stay away from, and all that, you know. So absolutely. But but, but anyway, back to you were talking about uh, the nurturing part of it. Well, yeah, the offense and the defense. Yeah, that's and, the offense. And, and yeah. the defense is the protecting. That's mm -hmm. what we we establish our beachhead. We establish what we're not going to allow come into our life. We're going to stand strongly against it. But but there is also that interior life that we have alone with the Lord that helps us to grow in our spiritual manhood. And when I say spiritual manhood, I'm talking about maturity. I'm talking about growing up to be Christ-like. Talking about being able to become uh, an impact player for to the world around us because they were looking and sounding more like Jesus. And that happens in that private place alone with the Lord. And so this is the nurturing aspect. So on one hand, I might keep myself from doing certain things to protect it, but to nurture it, there are certain things I need to do as well. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, I nurture my soul when I have a, a daily quiet time. I've been doing that for years. I was looking at some uh, journals that were written in 1982 as I was processing through life and using scriptures and making application. And I guess I probably began that about four years before that, so I was kind of really going at, going at it now. And that's been a, a practice of mine uh, every day since then. Now I'm not legalistic about it. Some days I, have, I don't have time to do it. You know, I have distractions, have something come in. But I'd say that 80% of the time, I'm going to get a, a time alone with the Lord with my journal and with Scripture. I'm going to be reading scripture, and I'm going to be uh, asking the question: How is that? How does this particular scripture apply to me? Is there a promise there? Is there a, a challenge to something that I may be doing or not doing? Is there an instruction here? In other words, is there a communication that God has given to me? And if if it is, then what am I going to do about it? Am I going to obey it? and take an action, or am I just going to sit on it, let it pass? And you see, in this dynamic right there, I can nurture my soul by being a seeker, looking for the scriptures that would guide me. I would look for a leadership from the Lord, how that applies to my life. And then I would take action steps as a result. Uh, and this is basically communication. And at the core of a healthy soul is good communication with the Holy Spirit. Mm. We learn his voice. We learn to enjoy his presence. Now, Brian, it's not, it's not just isolated to that hour in the morning. Yeah. You know, all through the day, I find myself now at this particular point in life enjoying the walk with him 
I wouldn't say it was always that way, but that's where he's been taking me through the years, is to try to help me understand that the benefit of a healthy soul is the way we live our life and just go through our day. And it's not just about going to heaven. That's, that, that's a done deal. But it's about being uh, an ambassador for Christ while we're here on this earth. That people see something in us that is very attractive. They see the joy, they see the security that we have, they see the moral authority we have. Even though we were once a reprobate, they see the transformation and it impacts them. And so, you know, the healthy soul is gonna work its way out to our life on the outside. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we feel like that we try to live it out on the outside, but it's not healthy on the inside, it's just kind of fake. And that's why I think it's, it's one of the hardest things men struggle with. And that's how to keep their souls healthy. Uh, there, the, to nurture it is basically to get time with him, to get in the scriptures, to be able to uh, do some things that kind of change the environment. I, I, I play a lot of Christian music. I get in my car, I'm going to listen to some stuff that's really good stuff. Good thing about Pandora is you can you can pick a lot of them nowadays, a lot of artists. Uh, and then it, sometimes I, I'll just uh, listen to songs to prepare me for my having my quiet time. Sometimes just walking around with with a prayer a prayer time in the woods just to mm -hmm. get a little extra time with him. And you see the nur the soul that needs nurtured is one that needs to sense what it needs at the time. Mm -hmm. We get so busy sometimes that we don't have time, so what do we need to do? We need to make time. That's where priorities come in. But at the same time, we also invite him into our circumstances and uh, learn to enjoy him there as well. I know me though, Brian, before I'm gonna make major uh, uh, decisions on anything, I'm gonna get along with the Lord and I'm going to ask him, what do you think about this, Lord? Mm. I'm gonna be holding to him loosely the things that I see as kind of goals, actually. And when he says no, I don't struggle with it. I accept it gladly. And I've learned to really be grateful for his no's because that means he's closing a door and he's going to open one somewhere else. Hmm. And the only way you can have that perspective is to have a healthy soul. And you get a healthy soul by learning to abide in him. Mm -hmm. And we're back in that, right? Yeah. It's all about abiding. And so men struggle uh, because they, I think in a lot of ways they don't, they don't know what to do. They just really don't know how to help protect their souls and how to nurture them so they can be stronger men. Mm. I, uh, I, I talk to a lot of guys and it seems like so often there'll be guys and their life's just a wreck. And then you ask him, are you, are you taking time to seek the Lord and all that? Oh, I don't have time for that. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, you don't have time not to do that. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're, he, you know, it's gonna, he's going to help you so much if you just let him help you, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I've been doing it for 22 years, just like you, you know. From, it's such a part of my morning, getting up and seeking the Lord. And, yeah. and it's not about just reading some scriptures and checking it off that I feel good about myself that I did my readings for the day. Right. No, it's, it's an interaction. It's a, it's a counseling session 
me and the Holy Counselor, yeah. talking about my day, talking about things I'm struggling with, and talking with your daddy, you know, yeah. and uh, and gets me ready for the day. That's why I think it's got to be done. <laughs> you know, you read a lot of books, and they say most of the great men of the faith made a habit of doing it early in the morning, yeah, before they got their day started. They gave them the first fruits of their their time. But but anyway, we're not going to be legalistic about how you do it, but you got to do it. You got to seek well, him. I could make a case on the early morning thing because I feel like it's like a soldier going to war. He's going to put his armor on and before he goes to the battlefield. Right. And I think that that's a good place to put your put it on. It prepares you for the day. But then some people say, well, you know, I, bet I, I, I hear better in the evening and all that. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The main thing is the communication. I just know this, that, that there's a lot that he wants to say to us and that we've got to incline our ear to it. And if we will incline our ear to it and we will listen to him and we will seek him, then that will nurture our soul. And when our souls are nurtured, then we begin to see the positive benefit from that. Okay. As we become stronger in our resolve, wiser in our decision-making, uh, and more uh, Christ-like in the way we handle emotions mm. and deal with people. I, I got a question for you, Rocky, one of our last questions here. So, you know, you're about almost turning 73, isn't that yeah, right? Sure. And uh, so does it get any easier? You know, you've been at this a while. Does it get any easier keeping your soul healthy? Or, or, or I'm reminded of in the Secrets of the Vine book where, you know, he said the older the older vines need more pruning sometimes because, you know, if you think about a bush you know, yeah. that's been older, it needs more pruning. I, I don't know what to make of it. What, do you, what would you tell us? Well, I, I think that a lot of the struggles we have once we begin to quit struggling with those things, once we quit negotiating and we just go ahead and sell out, uh, Brian, a lot of the, lot, it does get easier at that point. Uh, because we've already made a decision and that I'm going to follow Christ. I don't care what that means. I'm going to follow him. So that's a big struggle right there. Uh, if you can get through that one, and that's a consecration of your life, then then once you consecrate your life, then then that, the question is, do, what do you believe about God? Do you believe he's really sovereign? And if you believe he's sovereign, that means he's in control. Nothing can come to you except comes through him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you believe about how he relates to you? Do, do you think he loves you? I do. I think the Lord loves me. I think he's wild about me. <laughs> and he, he's graced me. <laughs> but, but I do believe that, honestly, I believe he likes me. I don't know why. But I think I'm, 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 his, I'm his son. I'm his kid. Now, he's my daddy. And as a result, I feel that uh, that affection that not only how I view him, but how he views me. Mm. And when you get to that point, you, you lose a lot of the struggle. You've found victory. Mm. And that's why you hear us say about personal abandonment and absolute trust is, is the way to that intimacy with Christ. But what we give up, we gain a million fold. <laughs> Believe me, what have I given up? And to have what I have, I've given up nothing except a life that I couldn't control. Mm-hmm. And I found his love. And so, yeah, that's, um, that's evidence of soul health. Yeah. Now, does it get easier? 
Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that there's any less temptations with a man my age? No. No. Probably the same temptations, too. But I do know that I, I, don't want, I just don't want to. I don't want to listen to them. I don't want to follow them. Mm. And uh, sometimes I just pray and ask God to keep me alert. Uh, don't let me fall. Uh, keep me brave and, and courageous to stand firm. Every day is a is a is a new commitment. I don't rest on yesterday's commitment. Every day I get up and I make a new commitment for this day. Mm. And I also make another declaration that whatever my agenda is, Lord, I'll take the no gladly. <laughs> Just show me what you want. Mm. And that that in itself just enter, takes you to a place of, of rest with him that gives you a lot of peace. Mm. And I pray that I, I can keep that. I, I do know this, that circumstances can change. And, you know, I, I've got to embrace the circumstances that they're, they're obviously under his control as well. Mm. But the way I deal with those circumstances is going to be directly impacted by the health of my soul. Mm. Now, I can't do anything about the circumstances, but I can do something about this soul. <laughs> I've got choices I can make there, and I choose to take it to him so he can nurture it. That's right. That's good. That's good. Well, we're out of time, uh, Rocky, but uh, thank you for your thoughts on that. And, and all you influencers out there, I just want to ask you the question, how's your soul? Are you protecting your, and nurturing your soul? And uh, I want to say that uh, if you've never been through a journey group, uh, we'd love to invite you to join us on the journey because it's a, it's a process, a nine-month process that can help you find an intimate abiding relationship with Christ and, and get your soul connected to him in such a way that that uh, you'll be stronger and you'll start uh, finding your purposes and finding fruitfulness in life. So so we'd love to help you with that. You can go to our website, influencers.org, and, and send us a message, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll love to plug you in. We've got groups going all over the country. So anyway, this is the Influencers Network podcast, and I've been your host, Brian Craig, and uh, I just pray that you guys will uh, be on the journey, keep making disciples, and keep abiding in Christ. May God bless you.